You're listening to episode number two with guest Jennifer Cassetta. Not only will she help you protect yourself, but she'll help you look gorgeous in the process. Today's show. Welcome to the Life's Necessities and Luxuries radio show. Today, our host, Dawn Marie Nutel, your life's commodities broker, will bring you fashion, beauty tips, business acumen, teach you where to find the life's greatest necessities and the finest luxury. Now, here's Dawn Marie. Hey there, it's Dawn Marie here. Welcome to today's show. Thank you for joining us today. And today I am very excited. I have a super special guest here. As you may already know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And you may be wondering what is considered sexual violence. Well, it's really, it's a broad term and it includes Rape, incest, child sexual abuse, intimate partner violence, sexual exploitation, human trafficking, unwanted sexual contact, sexual harassment, exposure, and voyeurism. And I've been mugged a couple times when I lived in New York, and, and I've also been punched by a couple of homeless men as I walked through the streets in Manhattan. Although that's not considered sexual assault, it's still an assault no matter what. And I thought it's really time to learn how to really defend ourselves, because I don't want others to go through what I've gone through. So I heard Jennifer talk on the Fat Burning Man show with Abel James and knew immediately that I wanted her on the show so that she could teach you gals and guys out there how to protect yourself from harm and look great in the process. Jennifer is a featured expert on ABC's reality weight loss show, My Diet is Better Than Yours. She's a clinical nutritionist, personal trainer, and third-degree black belt in Hapido. Jennifer has made appearances on the Today Show, The Doctors, Rachel Ray, and contributes to healthy publications such as Women's Health, Fitness, Shape Magazine, and The Huffington Post. She's a keynote speaker at colleges around the country spreading the word of wellness, empowerment, and safety. And now, here's Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, how are you doing today? Hi, Domri. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you really, you've got a crazy schedule with everything going on, and I'm really honored that you're here. I'm so stoked that you're here because I've heard the statistics before, but those of you who haven't, I just want to share these sexual assault statistics with our listeners who may not be aware that, according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, one in six boys and one in four girls will experience sexual assault before the age of 18. One in five women and one in 71 men will be raped at some point in their lives. A majority of women who reported being raped experienced their rape before the age of 25, and 42.2% experienced their first rape before the age of 18. And more than 25% of male victims reported their first rape when they were 10 years of age or younger. I mean, I find these statistics staggering, and I'd love to stop the madness, and I feel the only way we can do this is if we really learn how to truly defend ourselves. With that in mind, Jennifer, can you share some tips on how a man or woman to take matters into their own hands to protect themselves if they feel they're being stalked or possibly about to be attacked. Sure, Domri. Um, I mean, first, like, uh, I just want to comment on those statistics, how terrible and disgusting they really are um, when you really kind of see them in print and listen to them and, and take that and process that. One in four women, that's like how many, think about how many girlfriends you have and that one in four of those are most likely a victim of a sexual assault in their lifetime. It's just, it's mind-blowing. And exactly what you said, we can take matters into our own hands. However, I just want to make sure that we're all clear that in no way what we're doing by empowering women is also victim-blaming. We're not victim-blaming here. If this is 
happened to you in the past or if it especially happened at a young age and you're defenseless, it's never your fault that there's some crazy animal that wanted to hurt you and has hurt you. So I'm sorry if that's ever happened to you. And going forward, you know, here are some tips on how to ever avoid that or how to teach your daughters um, and sons to to protect themselves if they are ever in a dangerous situation. Okay. Um, so I always start with the ABCs of self-defense when I'm teaching my self-defense classes. A stands for awareness. And really what, what that means, you have to be aware with all your senses. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to where you are when you're out on the street, in your car, or traveling to and from places. That means not being on your cell phone and not having <laughs> headphones in your ears. And how many of us really you know, walk with our cell phones out all the time? Absolutely. I mean, everywhere you go, everyone's plugged in somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So that's just one one takeaway right now. If you could just next time you're out, put your cell phone away and really pay attention, um, and teach the teenagers out there that too, because it's so prevalent in that age range. Um, B stands for boundaries. So your physical boundaries. Think of your body and in space. So for example, if you feel like someone might be following you when you're in a parking garage, try and see if you can get in that in your car and lock the door behind you. Um, that, would, that would be a physical boundary working for you. Um, or you know, trapping yourself in, in an elevator with somebody who you kind of had a feeling like, maybe I shouldn't get in that elevator, but you did anyway, and the door is closed behind you. That's an example of a physical boundary working against you. So those are just kind of, you know, besides just being aware when you're out there, now be aware of your body in space in relation to other things around you. Um, it's just another level of awareness. And then C, I love, this is my favorite part, is C stands for communication. And they say 55% of communication is actually body language. And this makes perfect sense in the safety and self-defense arena because if you um, are giving off positive and confident body language, even if you're faking it, even if you're scared and you fake it till you make it anyway, which is another tip I give, you know, head up, making eye contact, shoulders back, chest up, you will give off confidence. And predators are not looking for confident people. They're looking for vulnerable and weak targets. So there's a few tips to start with. <laughs> That's awesome. That really does make the difference. Um, yeah, I see that you've written a number of books and DVDs on these topics, and uh, stilettos and self-defense, and defensive tactics, improvised weapons, and I love this one. Hear me roar, how to defend your mind, body, and heart against people who suck. Yeah. <laughs> I should come up with that title. I love it. Um, so that's actually a book. The other three are DVDs, um, but the Hear Me Roar is a book that, um, I collaborated with another health coach that I know um, who actually was a victim of uh, sexual violence and uh, sexual assault. So she shared her story, and I came up with the personal safety tips and everything. And we had Hear Me Roar because I had given a workshop, like a live presentation, and I called it Hear Me Roar because I just was like, rah, like wanted, you know, anytime I teach these live presentations, I want women to just like leave literally just roaring <laughs> and empowered. Um, the tagline was actually was, uh, was the idea of a writing coach that we, we used. We went to her workshop up in Portland. And she was so fabulous. And at first we were like, really? Could that work? And then it just kind of 
the more we said it and laughed, the the better it was. So yeah, I love that. And then you mentioned you you have this quote that you say, you know, unleash your inner she beast. Can you mm-hmm. uh, talk about that a little bit? <laughs> For sure. So um, one night, and it was early on in my martial arts training, um, and I was living on 15th Street between first and second. And I was coming home late night from a party, maybe 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't remember. And I let the taxi drop me off at the corner instead of in front of my building. And as I was walking to my apartment, of course, what do I do? I check to see if I have a voicemail, and I start listening to my voicemail. And up behind me, become, uh, you know, basically I was grabbed by a guy, a stranger on the street, he came up my dress, grabbed everything up there, <laughs> and I turned. I realized what happened because, you know, as you, you shared, you, you've been in situations like that before. I'm sure it's just a, a split second of utter panic and what is going on, you know. And once I realized what was going on, I then kind of lurched for him and and. I unleashed my inner she-beast. Like, I just went crazy. I was screaming and cursing at him, like, how dare you? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> what I was saying. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, inner New York. <laughs> That's right. It'll inner New York when you need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I didn't have to use any of the fancy techniques, top keto techniques that I was trained in, but I really did develop that she-beast mentality in my martial arts training. Like, I knew it was always always there, and that night really proved that. Like, I was able to unleash it. So that's another thing I'll teach in these classes is, like, we all have that ability to to protect ourselves, to really unleash this beast inside. We're just not used to doing it, so it's not a comfortable, it's not a normal thing, obviously, um, but it's all there. We have the power. Tell me, was that, uh, were you... A third degree black belt at this time, or was this something that no. led to becoming the third, oh, third yeah. degree black belt? Yeah, no, it was definitely early in my training, maybe a year or two, a year probably into it, and uh, it took me ten years to before I tested for my third degree black belt and before I moved to Los Angeles. So it was ten years. I was at the dojo almost every single day for ten years, unless I was on vacation somewhere, but. Um, I never quit. I was there teaching and training and teaching and training hours and hours a day. Um, it was really, you know, I, I kind of joke, like I spent as much time as people get like PhDs in, you know, like I, I got a PhD <laughs> in martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> and I have four of them from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have a question for you. Um, how did you get involved in Hapkido? Keto? Am I saying that correctly? Yes, it's hop keto. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know hop keto. Same thing. Um, it well, I I felt like I wanted to take a martial arts class. My father had been doing martial arts for over a decade before that, um, and he was. I just saw the positive changes in him. He, when I was very young, he retired from the New York City uh, Police Department. He was a detective. He lived. He grew up in the Bronx. He was kind of rough around the edges, <laughs> and then. Um, <laughs> to say the least. And then his martial arts training kind of, you know, mellowed him out in a good way. It really, like, balanced him out. So there was still, like, the strong strength side, but then there's also the yin side. So I always admired that, and I was looking to get stronger. 
you know, both mentally and physically. So I tried a martial arts class at World Martial Arts Center that's now in Brooklyn, but it was in the city at the time, and I just completely fell in love with it and was hooked pretty much right off the bat. So it wasn't like I was looking for Hapkido specifically. I just found the right school, the right teachers, and the rest is history. That's awesome. How old were you when you first took took your first class? I think I was 22 or 23. Okay. Yeah. So, so when like you out of when for a year or two. I'm sorry. When when you do instruction, like what would you say the oldest age person you ever worked with before? Oh gosh. I mean, I had clients in their 60s, and there's a couple students when I was first at the school. There was a woman in her 70s, Gabriella. She recently passed away, but um, she was training for years and years and years. But we have people. Um, you know, all the way into their 60s and early 70s at the dojo still there in Brooklyn. My wow. father's 76. He's still, you know, he's not going to the dojo as much anymore, but he still practices his forms, does his meditation every morning. You know, there's there's stuff that you can take with you into your day-to-day life without having to go train at a studio every day. That's my next question for you is, like, how, you know, how sometimes you get so tired after working all day, how do you get the inspiration or the motivation to push yourself to stay motivated when you're really too tired to train? Yeah, well, that's, that's one thing, one benefit of martial arts, I think, that is very unique to martial arts is you're always working towards something. So there's curriculum for every belt level, right? So... You start off as a white belt. Your next, you know, you're, you're learning curriculum towards your yellow belt, and I feel like that really helps with people because you have a goal. Um, and then, you know, you have the, I guess, the big goal would be one day, you know, to achieve your black belt. But in between them, there's all these mini goals and all these different curriculums, and it keeps you motivated. So when you're like, oh, I'm tired, but I made a commitment. I was going to be there Wednesday and learn this you know, or take this person's class or, you know, it's just much more involved than just getting your ass to the gym, <laughs> you know. And I think because it is a different form of exercise that it, it looks like it's a lot more fun than the standard, oh, I'm going to walk on the treadmill kind of an exercise. But, I mean, I think so, 100 Yeah, it looks like it's really fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I used to date a guy who was a martial arts guy, and he, he taught me oh, yeah. things, and I loved it, and I thought it was really great. And I remember when I was younger, my mom, actually, the first time I got mugged, I was like 11, and it was really oh, a yeah. simple little thing, but she wanted me to right away to start taking some classes with a husband of a yep. friend of hers who who was a trainer. Uh, uh-huh. I love your quote that you say, dress like a lady and fight like a man. How many times would you say it would take someone to really become fully capable of taking an attacker down? Well, uh, taking an attacker down? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's really about a mindset. And, you know, I would love to believe that someone can take one intensive workshop and have just a few tools. Sometimes it just takes one or two tools to scare an attacker off, not necessarily take them down. Like if you're going to be in a, in a knock them down, drag them out fight, yes, then there is a lot of technique you're going to need to learn. But sometimes attackers are, are turned off right away just by the fact that you're fighting back or screaming, you know, and doing the chibis thing, you know? Like, right, right, okay. Sometimes that alone will work. Um, or one shot to the nose, or, you know, again, an attacker is not looking 
to usually for a confident person who's going to be fighting back and making noise and screaming and, and attracting attention to the scene. I love that. Yeah, I know. I think they, they what you said earlier is that they look they prey on, you know, the weaker the weaker person. More and, vulnerable uh, and distracted. Yeah. Right. So that they can actually get away with it and, you know, get yeah. through very quickly and run off from Yeah. Um what would you say was one of your toughest challenges and, and how did you get through it? Um I guess one would be during nine eleven. Um the day of, but more importantly, you know, the the months afterward, because that day I did lose my job as well. Um, I was working three blocks south of the World Trade Center on Rector Street, and for this lovely couple who had a brand new loft space, and we were we were promoting events there. You know, it was event space, so I was doing the marketing for them, and so excited, and you know, again, very young and. and one of my first jobs, and uh, that morning I showed up to work, uh, got off the subway at Wall Street, and all hell had broken loose. So um, that day I was thrown into a utility closet and a storage closet that I was going to die, kicked out back into the street, covered in ashes and running for my life. Um, you know, definitely had a lot of scary thoughts that day that I was going to die, and this was it. But um, I'm obviously here, and I'm I made it out that day and lost my job and thought, just basically did a lot of soul searching. So how did I get through it? I, I, took, cl- I took classes. Like in the, fall, in the next year or two, I basically went to Tony Robbins. I did Landmark Forum. Like I was just looking for, you know, how to improve myself, self-development classes. I really just wanted to find my purpose. And everything that I, you know, when I kept searching, what I found was what I really wanted to do was teach martial arts, give people the physical, spiritual, mental, emotional benefits that I was getting through martial arts, through physical training, and then later on through nutrition as well when I went back to school. So, um, yeah, so when I hit, like, low points, I dig into my books, my self-development books. I go take a course. Like I really just have, I know that it has to come from within, um, but it can definitely help when you have a coach. Absolutely. It's it's nice to have somebody that can give you that push and to really keep you on target. Uh, when you yeah. went to the Tony Robbins event, did you do the firewalk? Yes, I did. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you brave soul. <laughs> How was that? It was awesome. Did you do it? No, but I haven't seen him live, but I've been studying his books for so many years. Uh, actually, yes. he saved my life once when I was in a really bad automobile accident um, because of one of the books uh, when he was taking some race car driving lessons and he spun out of control, and the guy in yeah. his head said, look where you want to go. And I was in a tailspin. I was in two 360s, and I had a park of children on my left-hand side, a row of houses on my right-hand side. I had cars coming up from a service the road and <gasps> each way onto the highway because it was right off the ramp of the highway. And yeah. I just kept thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed today. And then I heard his voice, look where you want to go from that book. And I turned and I no saw And I ended up crossing someone's driveway between a lamppost and a tree. No way. I swear. 
<laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh. So I wrote him a letter saying, you know, you really, you saved my life. <laughs> you literally saved wow. my life. Wow. And I remember getting That's a response. That's so powerful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you get that day. But, I um, bet. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my first car accident, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was hit by the drunk driver when I was 22, and that's when I, you know, lost uh, some of that use of my, my spine and what have you, but when the kid hit me in 2000, that was just like, wow, okay, you know, God has saved me for a number of reasons now, so I feel like this is why yeah. he, you know, kept me here to keep doing what I'm doing. But, yeah, amazing. It really, life is so unpredictable, it really is, and I know I went through 9-11 as well, and um, yeah. it was not to the extent that you went through, but I was remember mm-hmm. seeing it from the outside um, pier in Brooklyn, and it was where I lived, and I could see the towers burning, and I was just like living mm-hmm. in a dream, thinking it can't be real, this can't be real. And right. for five years after that, that whole fear, every time I was in the tunnel or on the train or in the building on the 47th floor, I would think it's today the day, is it going to happen again? And, you know, it was just a horrible mm-hmm. experience, and, uh, and it does make you do a lot of soul searching. It really does. Right. And you find that, you know, you have those moments that flash before your eyes where you're thinking, this is it. Mm-hmm. It really makes you um, get down and <laughs> get the business. Yeah. What you're going to do in your life, right? Yeah. So, yeah, because it's not it's not guaranteed. Exactly. And, you know, it's very sparing and it's very fleeting. So we have to take uh, full control over everything we do and enjoy it as best as we can. And, you right. know, as with fitness also comes nutrition. And I love what you're doing on the show. I've been watching the show and I think it's been amazing. And so you've created this 21-day meal plan for the show, My Diet is Better Mm -hmm. Than Yours. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, um, so as a nutritionist, I obviously don't think that just one way of eating is right for every single person. Um, But uh, I had to choose one way of eating. I had to choose one, you know, meal plan or one. I had to create one diet for the show. So I used the diet that's closest to how I eat, which is pescatarian and gluten-free. However, in real life, you know, my my diet is more gluten-light, I like to call it. (laughs) Not 100% gluten-free, but I try to avoid um, wheat as much as possible. Uh, So I I chose that because, like I said, it's what I believe in. It's what I do for myself. And for so many reasons, um, the main reason is that it's anti-inflammatory. And I believe that inflammation is rampant in the American diet, you know, the average American diet. And it's literally killing us. Um, And inflammatory foods are, you know, or inflammatory things in foods come from sugar and wheat, um, trans fats and unhealthy fats and uh, omega-6 fatty acids, which are found heavily in factory-farmed animals. So I've eliminated uh, all animals except fish, wild-caught seafood specifically, um, for the last 16 years or so. Um, Yeah, and I just, you know, I feel better every year as I'm getting older chronologically, like I feel like my body's really not. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it is, you know, but, but it's small changes when I, when I kind of, you know, compare myself to the average 40, 40 year old, if that makes sense. I hear um, I, What would a day, yeah. like one day's worth of meals, like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner look like? For me? On, on this um, plan or, or any other yeah. plans of oh, yours? Oh, sure, sure. For the, yeah, for the pescatarian gluten-free meal plan, a uh, typical day would start with uh, smoothies. There's different kinds, obviously, but I'm just going to give you, like, an example. Green smoothie, kale, almond milk, vega protein powder, pumpkin seeds to get those more anti-inflammatory food in there. Um, and then I put some anti-inflammatory spices like cinnamon or nutmeg or something like that to give it some flavor as well. That's action-packed smoothie right there. <laughs> and that then sounds yummy. It's delicious. 
uh, had this morning. <laughs> and oh, and bananas in there too. Sorry, half a banana. And then can you make? Can you, I'm going to interrupt you, but can you make that in advance and store it overnight, or does it have to be made fresh? Um, yes, you can. But I always like to make them fresh because when you do, when you're breaking down foods, especially like the fatty food, you know, the the nuts and the seeds and stuff like that, you lose some of the benef- you know, some of the benefits from it if you when you do it like that. Yeah, if you're if you're letting it sit overnight, kind of thing. So same thing is like juicing. You don't want to juice and then eat it, have it the next day. You, you want to try and get get it in you as fast as possible. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's just the question okay. I was wondering about that. Awesome. Yeah, no worries. Lunch can be some type of either egg dish or salad with some kind of lean protein, uh, you know, some sort of protein. The protein can come from vegetable sources like edamame, lentils, chickpeas, um, maybe some hard cheese. I prefer goat or sheep cheese for flavor. And uh, if it is a salad like that, I'll usually throw an egg in there as well. Or, yeah, I mean, like something like that. And then there's snacks, two optional snacks um, on the meal plans. And those can range from things like an apple, slices of apple with almond butter or um, baby carrots and hummus and, you know, I don't know. There's probably 20 different snacks that you can choose from. And then dinner could be a piece of um, cod or wild salmon baked in the oven or grilled if you have a grill um, with either some kind of sweet potato or cauliflower mash or what else is on there, any kind of broccoli or greens as well. So it's mostly veggies and protein at, at dinner. Lunch is going to be a big salad or egg dish, and then breakfast is some kind of smoothie. But there's other options too, Greek yogurt parfait, and I don't know. There's just so much. There's 21 days' worth of food in the That in the sounds meal. awesome. I love it. Yeah. I mean, when you say you do the egg dish now, do you do things that are poached, or is it – obviously, it's not going to be a fried egg um, – but is it going to be maybe an egg? Like I saw you do the muffins, and actually I make those. Oh, yeah. Which I love that. And I think they're yes. best because you could just pop them and take them. Yeah. You could heat them up in two seconds, and it's just awesome. Um, yeah. So it's Yeah, I love that. Yeah, they're awesome. And I'm just because you could just change it up so easily with any kind mm-hmm. of vegetable, throw in there, and it's in two mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're very quick exactly. and easy to do. And um, portable. And portable, which is really great. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is the first thing that you would tell someone who, say, they want to lose 30 pounds? Like, how would you get them to start breaking their bad dietary habits? Because that's, like, mm-hmm. one of the funniest things, I think, is getting people to break that mindset out of their own yeah. ways. Well, I mean, that's just a loaded question because there's so much to do to get to know, you know, why are, why are you 30 pounds overweight in the first place? How did that happen? What You know, and I... I really go through an entire health history intake with people when I first start working with them to get to know not just the foods that they eat, but the habits that they have, the patterns that they use. And one thing that I really uh, do is listen, listen to the language they use to describe themselves or use or the language that they use, um, you know, are they making a lot of excuses of why they can't do X, Y, or Z, um, which is very, very common. So really the the whole first initial intake is listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, it's hard, and I, I read a lot of books on, you know, breaking habits. I used to be a smoker, and uh, uh-huh. 
and it was so incongruent to what I believed in, which I couldn't understand why I was smoking, but I think it was the stress of everything going on in my life because I've had a lot of different challenges and was always yeah. struggling, and so I felt like that kind of kept me going. But um, yeah. I, when I quit, it was it was really tough, but it was also so rewarding when I finally did quit because I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know why I even did that for so long. You know? Right. And, um, but changing habits is really... Uh, it's something that I've tried to study for so many years because there's always, and I find that if you don't think of it as a bad habit and you just say, I'm just going to change my ways a little mm-hmm. bit and just start right. bringing those, those good things in there. So instead right. of eating that chocolate bar, maybe you just go have like a cool smoothie that has a lot mm-hmm. of great fruits and veggie uh, fruits in there that maybe just taste nice and sweet where you get the craving of the sugar, but it's actually more beneficial to you. And then you yeah. still look great in the process. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. twofold, you know. So when you start doing those little things, I think the more you do them, the more your body actually starts to crave it which is also a, a very interesting thing, I think. You know? Right. Like all of a sudden, I'm craving edamame, and I'm thinking, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> well, you're okay. also cleaning out your gut. So that's a huge part of my program, too, is like cleaning your gut out of all the bad bacteria and the yeast and the candida that build up over time from a processed food diet. So once you start to um, stop feeding those bad bacteria, which they eat, sugar, wheat, etc., um, they start to die off. And then you have to increase good healthy bacteria and really get your gut back into balance. And then a lot of the cravings and stuff will go away on their own. So, yeah, that's, that's one of the big strong, safe, and sexy strategies <laughs> that I have for clients. Do you have a um, or a reference of a probiotic that you particularly like, a brand that you like to use? Um, for the actual, the, as a, a supplement, I use, right. um, gosh, I have to look in my fridge to get the brand name, but I, I can see it in my head. Um, but there's any of the refrigerated ones that you would get at Whole Foods or a Whole Foods okay. store are usually fine. This is... Uh, doctor formulated. Yeah, those are really good ones. Or Jaro is another brand. Um, and also foods that have probiotics. In them. So what are some type of foods that have probiotics? Besides, I know they say live culture yogurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has, Greek um, yogurt is a good one. Okay. But then they say dairy is bad for you. See, so I get really confused about that. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quality is... Okay. <laughs> Quality is going to be um, the most important there. When it comes to any animal pro- products, any, um, quality over quantity. So, for example, if it's milk or yogurt, I'm only going to have organic or grass-fed, right? So my yogurt is grass-fed. And I don't have it every day, um, but I will have it occasionally, and there's no, sh- you know, I get the plain yogurt, so there's not added sugar. Awesome. Yeah. I used to love my yogurt smoothies, and then I found out that dairy was bad, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what can I eat? So you, know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of those questions from people, and, and I always try to, you know, help them with that. But it's it's hard because there's always some kind of contradictory, you know, right when it comes to uh, the all natural. Right. So I I know. Uh, our uh, time is, is getting cut a little short here, okay. but um, I know you're living on the West Coast now. How do you like mm-hmm. living on the West Coast versus the East Coast? Oh, it's heavenly. <laughs> the best decision I ever made, moving from Chinatown, Mulberry Street in New York City to <laughs> Santa Monica. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
you know, it's not for everybody, but I just, I've always had a pull towards the ocean, and I love being close to it, and I don't take it for granted. I go down there I at least four or five times um, a week, even if I'm not running or jogging, I'll just go walk down to the water and back. Um, I ride my bike as much as I can, and then sometimes I go hike in the mountains, and all of that outdoor living and activity just feeds my soul, and it just makes me very happy. <laughs> I totally get that because I know mm-hmm. moving from New York over to Tampa and, you know, I'm on a lake. It's so peaceful. I have the sunrise in front yeah. of me in the morning and I just sit on the balcony yeah. and I meditate. And it's it's a world of difference when you don't have that chaos around you and even just the noise and all of those sounds that you hear in the city that I couldn't yeah. remember people's names for the life of me. And then I moved out here and all of a sudden I was remembering people's names and I'm like, what's wrong with me? And right. then I realized... It was probably all of that, you know, all of the trains and the this and the, and the sounds and the fire engines and the ambulance going through that really, mm-hmm. you know, make your mind shift and you don't really get to concentrate and really get in there if you can when it's quiet and it's peaceful and you can actually right. think, hear yourself think. Right. But, right. That's, that's awesome. I, I, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Are you married? Um, I literally just got engaged two two weekends ago. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank well, my you. For you was, if you were in the dating scene, did you did you find men that you know did they find you intimidating, knowing that you can kick their <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask them. <laughs> well, you have a fiance, so I guess he figures it's safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! That's amazing. When are you getting married? Uh, I don't know. The earliest would be this coming fall, but we're, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know what the rush is. <laughs> I hear you. I, I was engaged twice, and once was for 10 years, and the other one was for nine years. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I decided, you know, to hold off on going down the aisle, but um, okay. I thought, you know, the engagement was like a really good commitment, so I thought, all right, I'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you, but that's where I'm going to stop. <laughs> right. Um, so as an entrepreneur, uh, do you yeah. have a team of people? I mean, or did you start out as a solo entrepreneur? And, you know, how did you find time to accomplish it all? Um, I'm still finding time. To, I'm still trying to accomplish it all. I'm still <laughs> working on my own. I'm, You know, I hire people here and there when I really need when I, there's things I can't do myself, um, I wish I had a team of people. I'm just not there yet. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still still trying to figure it all out. I've been working for myself for over 12 years now, and it's it's not easy, as you probably know, but yes, it's worth it. I hear you. <laughs> it is worth it, and it is. And I always say, you know, don't give up the fight because... People give up too quickly, and I find that, mm-hmm. you know, your success could be right around the corner, but, and if you give up, you yeah. don't even know. And I've had a lot of right. failures and businesses and stuff that I'm like, eh, just pick myself up, dust myself off, and keep going, because then the, and it right. just not have been the right thing or the right time. Um, right. What is your favorite social media platform? Do you use social um, media? Yes, I absolutely do. And I'm on pretty much all of it, except Pinterest. I mean, I'm on Pinterest, but I don't really use it. I love Instagram um, and Facebook would probably be my two favorites. Cool. And um, what's next in store for you? 
Hmm. Um, I'm speaking around the country at college campuses. I teach um, women all around how to be safe and teach self-defense. I still have private client, you know, one-on-one clients for nutrition coaching. And I am creating a, uh, like an online but telecoaching group for, um, you know, group telecoaching program. I still got to get the awesome. words down, but yes. Um, and that I'm really excited to launch. That should be ready in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I just want to have work, be able to work with and connect with people all around the country instead of just, you know, one-on-one in person. So that I am really excited to get going, and it's called Six Weeks to Strong, Safe, and Sexy. So love look out for that. <laughs> Thank yes, you. I will. And so in four words, how would you describe your life today? <sighs> four words. Empowering. Um, strong, safe, and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right on target. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Well, Jennifer, tell me, if our listeners want to follow you and, and keep up with you, how can they find you? Uh, my website is the easiest. It's jennifercassetta.com. Um, social media, I'm either Jennifer Cassetta or Jen Cassetta, two N's, two S's, two T's. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can, you know, find, you can email me through my website, jennifercassetta.com. All the info is there and all the links to my social media platforms. Awesome. Your wisdom and your tips have been invaluable, and I'm sure it's been eye-opening to those listening today. And thank you so much again for joining us, and hopefully we can get you back on the show another time in the future. I would love that. That would be awesome. And I will definitely put your links up to all of your fabulous resources in the show notes um, so that others can find you and find those products if they're interested in getting them. And again, I, I hope we'll be able to bring you back. And in summary... You can become a part of the solution to sexual assault by offering some of the following support. Remember to stay calm and listen. Talk to children Mm -hmm. about healthy sexual development. If you see something inappropriate, intervene and say something. And talk Mm -hmm. to someone from your local sexual center for more information. I will also put up some resources from the NSVRC. And Mm -hmm. until the next time, stay safe, strong, and sexy. See you on the flip side. Namaste. If you like what you hear, tell someone. If you like what you hear, be a dear and pass it on. Don't forget to stop at our website, www.lifesnecessitiesandluxuries.com for more tips, tricks, tutorials to live a very necessary and luxurious life.